Welcome to the Tools for Today's Farmers podcast, brought to you by the Purdue Extension Farm Stress Team. Our podcast will cover current issues in farming and will provide insight from a wide variety of experts in agriculture. Now let's get farm strong. Hello and thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Rachel Delhoff. And I'm your co-host, Abby Heidenreich. And today we're happy to have Bailey DeGroat with us. Bailey is in her third year at the Ohio State University Veterinary Program. She owns the Turquoise Vet and is a woman in agriculture empowering others to discuss mental health. Thank you so much, Bailey, for being with us today. Um, Can you just uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. First off, thanks for having me today. I really appreciate Zoe reaching out in the first place to even... um, ask me to be here. I am very honored. Um, but about me and who I am, um, like you said, I'm Bailey DeGroat. I am originally from um, Southwest Ohio, and I grew up on a very uh, diverse farm operation. My family originally started out with about 150 head cow-calf operation, which was primarily Angus and Simmental-based. Um, and then within that time period, I did was very involved in 4-H and FFA showing steers and then heifers as well. So, um, and then showing sheep and swine as well. Sorry, that's really far back there in a filing cabinet somewhere in my brain. So I had to remember what I did. But um, with that being said, um, my parents decided to take the next step. Um, and we decided to create a feedlot operation. And then um, moving forward, then we decided to do an A2A2 specialty dairy. While my brother graduated, we decided to do that. Um, and then with all of that going on, we also had a crop farm operation. And then um, with the feedlot, we decided to do a livestock transportation business as well. So um, very, very had a lot going on at one time, but that's a lot of where my ag background comes from. I decided to uh, go to school at Illinois Central College for my first two years. And I received my associates of science while I was also on the livestock judging team. And then I transferred to Iowa State University and received my Bachelor of Science degree. Um, And then I told myself that I would never come back to Ohio. And just so happened that I applied to schools and I got into a few. And um, but when it came down to finances and how much I was willing to pay each year, I decided to come back home. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, I can understand that completely. Um, So in growing up on a farm and the background that you have, did you experience stress in any way or did you see stress on the farm growing up? Yeah, absolutely. And um, not to talk too much about, you know, the nitty gritty details, but um, there was a lot going on, family conflicts at the time. I feel like a lot of people have that type of story. And so we all have our uniqueness to that story, but we all share a little bit of the similarity. Um, But farming is stressful when it comes down to it, um, especially when, not to go right there at the beginning of this conversation, but dealing with everything that we're dealing with in the world, it is um, it makes it even more stressful in terms of prices and the markets and the economy and let alone the people that don't support agriculture. And um, it can just seem like a lot and it's really, really heavy. And I think that goes to show we had all of this going on and none of this is actually still in operation at this point. It's all been dissolved since 2018, 2019. Um, And I think that is um, a direct representation of 
how much the stress became way too much. Um, it was not beneficial for a family. Um, it was not beneficial for the employees. And it just got to a point where it was the best for everyone to take that step back and to go separate ways. And um, for me personally, I have full intentions to take that next step back into agriculture once I'm done with school and play a role where I see it fit. I more so see myself in the beef side of that part of the industry. But um, yeah, that was a really long answer. But stress is real. No, it, it has, you know, it, it has really detrimental effects that I think a lot of people experience and some families are really tight knit to where they've allowed to let those seasons pass and it doesn't break that up. But yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's super important to talk about and, you know, it's okay to get into that nitty gritty because that's what this podcast is for. That's what we're here to do is to talk about some of those nitty gritty details that, you know, aren't always the fun thing to talk about. And I think being able to recognize that, you know, that needed to dissolve and that everybody needed to go their separate ways was probably the most healthy decision that could have been made at that point in time. And I really applaud you guys for really recognizing that and not driving everyone into the ground <laughs> um, and kind of crashing and burning everything in an effort to save the farm in some, you know, form or fashion. It's okay to make the healthy decision and step back if that's what's right for you. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I don't want to share too much because if I'm being entirely honest, I was only 17 at the time. My say for anything was very low as it should be. And um, my priorities at that time in my life, I didn't realize the blessings that we had. Didn't realize like when you grow up in that, it's so normal. And I was just talking to my roommate actually the other day and I'm like, gosh, the things that I was able to see and experience at such a young age has catapulted me in certain mm -hmm. aspects of vet med. And I'm just so grateful for that. And yeah. it's that part that I'm like, and now I don't have that anymore. And though right. I'm really in a sense from a mental health aspect, from a family aspect, it was the best thing for everybody. Right. But that is one thing to this day. I'm like, wow, you just did not have your priorities straight. I was yeah. just a typical high school kid that did what I needed to do. And I was more worried about the show ring side of stuff than the actual agriculture, putting food on our plates from farm to table mm -hmm. aspect. I just didn't Absolutely. have the priority at that time. So um, as much as I'm happy to talk about that, there's a, a sense of hesitation because I'm like, ah, I, I do my best to share both sides in a sense. Yeah. No, and that's that's your experience too. You know, your experience is valid. You know, the way you through that and what you were feeling at that time is how you felt, and that's one of the things that we're going to start focusing on a lot of in with the farm stress team is youth experiences and how the things that are happening on a high level at the farm affect the youth that are involved in any way, shape, or form. So, you know, your experience is extremely valid, and all of those things that you felt are real. And um, you know, I'm so glad that you you're able to look back now in appreciation for the experiences that you had. Um, and then, you know, like, like you said, catapulted you into the career of that med. Um, what was it? Is there a pinpoint that you could put on and maybe not that made you want to pursue a career as a vet? So my initial thought is very superficial in the sense of I was always infatuated with the people wearing the green bib bibs when they showed up. I don't know what it was about 
just every aspect of it, of a food animal practitioner and being able to work with them, I just gained so much respect for. And as I continued throughout my high school career, um, it just stuck and never left. And as I got more experience through medicine and just learning more about agriculture and you know, I, I like small medicine, small animal medicine as well, but just that appreciation for food animal medicine and how big of an impact that veterinarians have on the food supply and public health and all of that. I just have grown even more of an appreciation, although it is hard in vet school. Um, it makes me very excited for when I graduate, just the collaboration opportunities that I will have. To really answer your question, it started out from a young age and it just continued to progress. And it's kind of funny because when I was um, looking at junior colleges to go to for livestock judging, there was a school that I um, was looking at and I went and visited and the coach originally told me, well, you have a 26 on your ACT. If you think that you're going to successfully judge and also do the pre-vet program here, you're not going to do well at either of them. So I think it'd be best for you to drop out or don't judge, like that's your choice here. And I was like, oh, and it just made me, I was dealing with a lot of other scrutiny from teachers in my high school as well. And it just really stuck with me and I lost all that confidence and I decided to take a step away from vet med. And it was like, I just, I'm just gonna go animal science. We'll see where it all goes. And wasn't until sophomore fall of um at ICC that I had an epiphany and I'm like what am I going to do do as a career because livestock judging isn't what I want as a career and it's just not sustainable for me and it was just that moment I was like why did I ever have somebody talk me out of something I'm actually really passionate about and it was I don't know why but I texted my livestock judging coach and I said are you in your office? And he said, yes. And I said, stay there. I'm coming there. And I walked in there and I said, you're going to help me get into vet school. And I don't care what it takes, but I'm going. And he was like, what? I thought it was out of the picture. And I was like, nope, we're going in. And he was like, okay, let's, let's get you to vet school. And from that point forward, like just having that support system and continually engulfing myself in variable aspects of agriculture just continued to flourish that passion for vet med. That's amazing. What a, what a neat story. And I feel like you, you were able to realize things that a lot of people don't realize until after they've graduated and wish that they can go back in time and say that they wish they did exactly what you had done. Now, I, and I, I'm sure you are not the only person who has gone through that or who will go through that. Do you feel like having, um, or I guess, let me back up. Did you have a mentor to help you with that? And on the other side, are you um, a mentor to anyone else currently, or are you open to that to, to make sure that others are build their confidence and can get to their, their passion? Yeah. So I'll do my best to not go down a rabbit hole. I, because I don't want to say that I had one specific mentor. I had a very vast group of people that were extremely supportive throughout that process. And I don't want to not call them a mentor because they definitely were. It's just that I feel like the people that I call my mentors now in vet school, it doesn't correlate to what they were at that time in my life. I'd only know them for short, 
short periods of time. And so like, for example, when I was working in anesthesia and surgery at Iowa State, um, I was working with one of the doctors that did a lot with the veterinary students. And so we got kind of close um, to a certain extent, but now as I've left, we don't really talk anymore. I'm sure as, as I would reach out to her that she would, but I told you, don't let me go down a rabbit hole. But so anyway, I, I had a lot of supportive people like my parents, my mom, extremely supportive. My stepdad is very, very supportive of everything that I've always ever wanted to do. Um, my livestock judging coach, like I said, was very supportive of helping me get those opportunities. And anytime, one time we had a pig necropsy lab and he was the first one that was like, go up there and learn. So he just was always really great. And then um, just a lot of professors at Iowa State as well. But one specific mentor that was like, you need to do this. You need to do that. No, I didn't have one. Um, and I'm grateful for that because it it really did allow me to make a lot of mistakes that allowed me to learn from them. Yeah. But um, to answer your other questions, um, I don't really know if I you could call me a mentor for certain people just of the way that I classify it in my mind. Um, but I'm really thankful for the impact that the turquoise vet has had for um, people in veterinary school, for pre-veterinary students, and for people that aren't even associated with vet med. They're just, um, I have had a lot of people ever since I decided to be more open about my mental health and my journey and my walk with Christ as well. Just the response that I received from that was overwhelmingly good. And I'm incredibly grateful that I had the confidence to even begin doing that. So I am open to mentorship. And I feel like every once in a while, I have people like pop in and they're like, I have some questions. And so maybe that is more mentorship. But for me, I see that as, in a sense, friendship. I don't know. That was probably a, a bad term. But yeah, so I am very willing. And so Iowa State has, it's called the Wall of Fame Agriculture Initiative. But I'm really thankful because the Turquoise Vet was nominated for that. And so I'm on that now as an alumni. And so it's basically a resource for students that are interested in entrepreneurship. And they can reach out because it has my contact information. So people reach out through there as well. That's really nice because a lot of students have also had the interest in entrepreneurship, but they also are interested in veterinary medicine. So it's kind of like a two for one. So they will usually reach out to me. That's awesome. And I'm sure that those you know, students are, they're so grateful for that because there's nothing better than being able to look to someone and get that information or that confidence that maybe they've been looking for knowing somebody who's been through it. And I want to backtrack a little bit because um, you've mentioned your business and I don't think I've asked you exactly what it is and what you do. So if you wouldn't mind um, walking us through that and telling us a little bit more. So if you probably haven't figured it out, I'm chatty. I talk a lot and it's okay. It's a personality trait that I have embraced and I have accepted. But the reason why I say that is because Turquoise Vet is in a very interesting time right now because I'm about to go into my fourth year, clinical year, and I chose an individualized route. So the way that they do it at vet school, at least for Ohio State, is you can do a small animal path or a food animal or an equine. And for me, I chose individualized because I want to go more into bovine consultation. And so there's opportunities. There's two opportunities in Alberta. There's an opportunity in Kansas State. And then 
there's a lot of other places that I have privately asked if I can come and do externships with them. So it basically allows me to take a lot more course out of what would be in a regular curriculum. And it allows me to travel more and get more hands-on work, which I'm really thankful for. And so I say that because I'm not going to be in Columbus a lot. And it's really hard to manage your business when you're not there and you're only a one-person show. I wouldn't be able to do any of it without the support that I have. But at the end of the day, the one that is scheduling content and making the jewelry and designing and shipping everything out is still me at the end of the day. So I say that what the turquoise pet does kind of going back to the beginning of your question, I had to just give you the background of where it is, but what it does or what we are is it originally started out by making primarily Southwestern style jewelry. So turquoise and orange and red spiny oyster and purple spiny oyster, um, very beautiful jewelry that I was extremely fascinated with before I had decided to take that initiative. And then really, as I have continued to grow my business and I have grown as a person, I started doing a lot more graphic design and working with graphic designers. I don't do all of it on my own because I don't have time. But now I've created a very hefty apparel line of vet med or agriculture inspired apparel. Yeah, that has taken off more than I would have ever imagined. And I'm really thankful for that. But um, so with that being said, as I'm going into the fourth year, we're going into this holiday season, everything will still run as it should. But next spring, I'll basically go into the transition of closing out of my jewelry And then my apparel will run for me and I can go into my fourth year with a clearer mind and be able to just focus on becoming a veterinarian and not have um, that additional stress on top of me. So again, another long answer, but (laughs) it's a lot. No, it's awesome. I love it because you've got so many different things going on and you're obviously very driven and know what you want and have goals. And that's awesome because that's what we need more of in the world is people who go out there and really truly make it happen. And that's, that's just amazing. But like you said, you know, vet school is a huge deal. It's a whole world and you're getting ready to enter into a very stressful time of your life. What are some ways that you personally handle or juggle everything and make, you know, make everything make sense for you? A lot of grace. Um, I will be entirely honest, it has taken me two full years of vet school to finally learn that and accept it and understand that I'm not a robot and I can't remember everything. And this year has shown more than ever that it all comes back around in a sense. So first year, it's very um, anatomy and physiology, heavy histology and like epidemiology. So your population medicine Um, and your clinical pathology. So a lot, it's a lot of very, in a sense, like if I can't see it, if I can't feel it, I can't like understand it from like a physical standpoint, it's really hard for me to understand. So from the aspect, first year was hard. And I went through a lot of um, life changes and just a lot of character building, I like to call during first year as well, that made vet school really hard. And then second year is very, very heavy in terms of your system courses. So you're learning cardiology, endocrinology, neurology, like all at once. And it's just like so much. And you have exams every Monday. Once it starts, it never stops. And then you're taking your electives on top of that. So you may have three exams in one week 
and you're just trying, I would like to call it, I said earlier, a filing cabinet because yesterday I had two exams and it's been a while since I've had like that much content to go over for one day, but it's like, oh, I just got done with optho, but now I had my foodborne illness exam. I got to like change out the filing cabinet so I can remember what we're doing. So it's just a lot. And it's, um, I don't know the right word to say, but it's pretty interesting to see the cycle that continues because as now I'm, I'm in my third year now, I've now got to witness two years under me and a lot of students that have asked for that advice and have seeked just um, a person to kind of lean in at times and understand that it's going to be okay. But um, they usually always start out super excited, super giddy, excited that they're in vet school. And then right now during the semester, about week 10, they're like, I wasn't supposed to become a veterinarian. I'm not supposed to be here. I like, I, I don't even know if I really enjoy this anymore. And I just tell them like, stop. It's okay. You do love this industry. You would have not went through the application process if you did not truly want to be here. It is a hard season of life and it takes a lot of grit and tenacity to understand that and to go, I'm not going to let this define me. I'm not going to let that grade define me. I'm going to keep moving. And I'm really thankful that I'm here and I get to learn from my mistakes because that's the yeah. other thing about school. So vet school is just, it's a lot, but for me, the number one thing I can say is learning that grace for yourself and also for others, because other people don't cope with stress the way that you do. And you have to remember that just because they're not acting the way that you would doesn't mean that you have any right to, in a sense, understand what they're going through. Because on the other side, you only know 0.1% of what your classmate is going through in their life. And there's actually been quite a few family deaths in my class this semester alone. And I just can't even fathom having to go through that right now while also being in vet school. And so just, just having that grace for yourself and for others is it helps. It's very multifaceted in the way that it can help you and it can affect others. Yeah. Cause that burnout is real. Oh, it's so real. How um, have you kind of, I mean, you kind of touched on burnout and in, in a roundabout way, touching on, um, how it all becomes too overwhelming and everything. How have you kind of combated some of that burnout yourself? I'm not going to act like it's like this easy thing to be like, oh, I feel better now or whatever it is. It's a really complex. And if I'm being fully honest, during my first year of spring semester, I just like fell in a hole that I could not get out of. And it kind of went with a lot of that character building. And I actually had a full realization yesterday of, what it looked like spiritually because if you guys don't know like I'm a saved again Christian and like so I seek a lot of that in like understanding where my walk with God is and just understanding where I was then compared to where I am now and so I was in a very bad place during first year and then I thought I was getting out of it but in reality I was just kind of masking that and then I got into second year and I was in a really really dark place I was sober out I didn't want to do any schoolwork. Um, I knew I wanted to be a vet. And so I just kind of talked myself out of it a little bit day by day. But then it just kept getting darker and darker and darker to where I was questioning if life was worth living anymore. And it was just a pretty tough like moment to really grasp and understand that like I never thought I'd be the person to experience that, right? And so with that being said, like it's, it is a mindset 
<clears throat> and it's really hard because when there's those days that like you don't even want to get out of bed and you're like, I like know I need to get out of bed. I have X, Y, and Z that I need to do, but like you can't, it's the weirdest thing ever because when I was even younger and I heard about this stuff, I was like, I don't like, what does it matter? Like, just, just tell yourself to get up and get out of bed. But like, it's not until you're in deep and you're experiencing that. And you're like, holy cow, I can't even get out of bed. I can't even brush my teeth. Taking a shower took all of my energy out of me. And it is just the craziest thing that I I never thought that I would experience. So with that being said, it just comes with understanding that you need rest too. And it's not a sense of laziness. It's just a, hey, your body is telling you that you need to take a break, that you need to slow down just even a little bit. Like even if you're running like me at the time, I was running 120 miles an hour, your body, like my body wanted to shut down to 20 miles per hour, but I knew that I needed to at least keep going 80 and that's okay. Like you have to understand that like there are seasons in life where God allows you to have that rest and that's perfectly okay. Like there's a part in scripture in the Bible um, where this person is like mad, he's upset. And like, God literally tells him that he needs a snack and a nap. And like, sometimes that's what we need. And so I think a lot of us, especially that are in vet school, we struggle because we're looking at the person next to us. And a lot of people are so used to that competitiveness from pre-vet that they're like, I need to do this, this, and this. And so you're taking that comparison, you're internalizing it, you're having imposter syndrome because you're not as good as what you thought you would be at vet med and that's okay. And you're going to experience that burnout. So just taking a break and understanding that you're not perfect. And I'm just going to say it too, because of my faith that you're not perfect. And we're imperfect people that rely on a perfect savior. Like when you give him that completely changes everything. I think that's, that's just so amazing that you have come to that realization that you've you have this insight that I think people want to get and you're getting it at a younger age and are able to share that with others. And I know if there are youth listening to this or even parents with um, youth that, that they have that they're, they're hoping that this story can give them some hope too, because like you said, dark places happen but it's how you react to that and how you can manage that stress um, and and go to that next level and keep your eye on the prize, which is easier said than done, like you said. And with everything that you're managing, uh, all those balls that you're juggling, that's a lot. So having you share this journey with us and with those listening is so important and something that as the farm stress team, we want to hear these stories so that we can share it with other people because you're not alone. And that's one of those underlying themes that we like to share in our programs is that you're not alone, no matter your age um, or anything like that. Just there's there's other people that have been through similar experiences. And by talking about those experiences, it makes everybody stronger. Um, one other thing I wanted to ask about your journey, because um, you had mentioned it in another uh, email, I, I think, um, early on, is that how your school has equipped you uh, with tools and resources to be prepared for the future. Um, mental health-wise, is that something that is discussed in your studies? 
Yes, it is, but not to the extent of, I guess, what I went through. I, um, I knew that they, they offer, um, services like we have to counselors at the school that are available for people that want that help. And it, it is free, um, of access. And they're usually, their schedules are very, like, they're very flexible to work with you because they know that most of us, um, like we need that time. And outside of that too, they offer ways in terms to decompress and they have like, um, they do offer certain stuff, but I don't want to call it superficial because their intentions are pure, but a lot of us have so much heavy stuff on our outside lives as well, that they can only do so much in our school life, which I think that they're good at, but they can't continue, um, like fostering, the stuff that's on our outside lives. And so with that being said, with me where I was, I knew that my school, the school counselor couldn't continue to work with me on certain stuff. Like that was not in her playing field and that's okay. And she never, she never told me that she was always supportive, but I knew that. And I, it was finally when I decided to go work with a therapist and understand where the roots of what I was dealing with, where it was coming from, like that is where I started seeing the most change. But also, I used to have a lot of bad feelings towards Ohio State and saying that they were not supportive. I had a much different mindset. But you know what the biggest problem with that was? I didn't communicate any of that with them, any of it. I didn't tell them. And so usually when you feel alone, it's because not saying we need to air a dirty laundry, but it's because you're not telling the people that need to know what's going on in your life, what's going on. And so it wasn't until I was done with my clinical skills course and I had to resit three out of the four OSCEs because I was mentally not prepared to show up and do it that day. And I did not perform well. So then I came and I resat them. We have that opportunity, which is really good. And it wasn't until I sat down with my clinical skills professor and I told her like, thank you for this opportunity. And I told her what was going on in my life. And she was like, thank you for telling me this. And please don't take it this way. But what was hindering you from letting us know sooner? And I was like, I don't know. I just didn't think other people, one, needed that extra burden, but two, needed to no, like I didn't think people needed to know or that they cared. And she was like, absolutely not. And like from that point forward, like they found ways to help the school's dress kind of be better. Um, and just like what you said, like letting people know that you're not alone is so important and just communicating that with the right people. And so that's where the school for me, like from the outside in, they can only help with so much. But if you go and talk to them about your situation and what you're going on, holy cow, they'll they'll drop what they're doing and they'll help you. Like, it's there. Where can we find more information about the Turquoise Vet and what you're up to? So I have an Instagram and Facebook social media like pages only. Um, they're both at the Turquoise Vet, all one word, where you can find it. Um, I also have my website, which is theturquoisevet.com. The, the website offers... Um, more educational opportunities. So I actually did last semester um, a like mental health uh, blog post from different students from different veterinary schools to know how each school um, approaches their mental health challenges that they have with students, like what resources they have and what they do and like how that specific person has overcome their mental health challenges as well. So that's at the very bottom of my website. But 
I also have an Etsy store as well, where you can just only purchase merchandise. It doesn't have those articles and resources. So it's just the turquoise vet. It's so original. I know all of this. It's all the same thing. But and then I have my email. It's the turquoise vet at gmail.com for anyone that's interested um, to reach out about anything um, mental health related, vet school related or ag related. Uh, always happy to share the insights that I have. It may not be right, but it's or I guess not right, but it's another opinion to say. Absolutely. Every opinion is valid because that's your experience. And that's what, uh, you know, one of the things that we love about you know, talking with people and sharing different experiences, because the experiences that you've had at the Ohio State are totally valid. And, you know, just the kind of awareness that you have of, you know, needing to talk about those things and finally coming around to dealing with them being those things in a healthy way is just so much growth and so much experience that needs to be shared with others because, you know, there may be people going through the same thing that just need to hear it from someone else and know that they're not alone. So yeah, no, if everybody wants to go check out her information on her website, please go do that. Um, but we want to thank you so much for being our guest today, Bailey. Um, we want to, you know, encourage everyone to learn as much as they can and, you know, just take all of Bailey's experiences and do great things with your life. So thanks again, Bailey, and thank you all for listening to the Tools for Today's Farmer podcast. If you would like more information about the Purdue Extension Farm Stress team, go to extension.purdue.edu slash farmstress or find us on Facebook as the Purdue Extension Farm Stress team. We use the hashtag FarmStrong on our posts to emphasize that the agriculture community is resilient and is strong enough to overcome anything that comes their way. Share your story of overcoming stress on social media using the hashtag FarmStrong. We're your hosts, Rachel Dillhoff and Abby Heidright. Thanks for joining us.